Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Whoops. There we go. Uh, You're wondering, great, who are you? Hi. Uh, My name is Isaac, and I'm the young adult pastor at the John Young campus. And um, so Pastor Chris um, called me this week. I think he shared with you that um, his grandmother passed away, and I think he shared that with you guys. Um, So he's with his family, and they're they're grieving, and they're mourning, and they had a memorial service. Um, So um, as he's there with family, um, he invited me just to come and to be with you guys this morning. So I'm just so grateful. Uh, Chris is an amazing pastor. I've gotten to sit with him a handful of times. Uh, So wise. Um, So I'm just going to pray for him his first family as well as just pray for our time together as well. So join me in prayer. Um, Father, we love you. God, I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your son Jesus, God, and for your spirit. Um, God, I just pray for Chris and for his family. And God, I pray that um, you're comforting them when they're mourning. Um, God, you comfort them when they're grieving. Um, God, I'm so thankful that they can just be family together um, where they are as well as just pray for us. I pray for our time this morning, um, that just me as an extended First Orlando family coming from the Young Young campus, God, that, man, you you knew everything would happen the way that it did, God, and for whatever reason, um, we're here, and we're here today. Um, And I pray that you just give me the words to speak, um, not my words, God, but your words, as well as I pray for um, our, the people here for Horizon West Church. Um, just give them the, the ears to hear and the hearts to listen, God, that um, when we leave here, we will be, our hearts will be so filled, Jesus, with who you are. And are just, we are just exploding, God, just with, um, just with passion for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... Uh, so this, is, so this is my first time here at Horizon High School, and I know you guys, or Horizon West Church has been meeting here uh, for a little over a year now, but this is my first time here. But it's actually not my first time speaking to you, Horizon West Church. My very first time, some of you were there, my very first time speaking to Horizon West Church, we have a picture here, was back in 2019. Okay, notice a few things. Notice, I've, I have long hair, but I have it up in a man bun. Y'all see that? Okay, I'm also a single at this time. See, I'm originally from Texas, or God's country, as we like to call it. And as a missionary to Orlando from Texas, I am sent. Uh, so I'm here, here in Orlando. I'd been here for about a year, um, but I'm single. I have long hair. Um, actually, at that time, you got, some of you know this, you were going through a series of, um, through Ru- the book of Ruth, and, the, and with Ruth, multiple characters are single. And I think that was why Chris asked me in the first place to come speak. Um, so I did that, talked about singleness as, as myself uh, was single. Okay, so after that, in 2020, Here's the next picture. About a year later, I don't know, do you guys, is there anything major that happened in 2020? Could you guys remember anything? No? Okay, I'm, I'm struggling to, I had to go look at my notes. I'm struggling to remember what happened in 2020. No. Uh, so COVID happens, everything shuts down. A lot of churches are um, having to do things online and do things differently and just try, finding ways to gather. Um, so this is exactly what was going on. Um, so U.S. Horizon West Church were, at this time, uh, gathering online. And here I am just broadcasting um, from the John Young campus uh, to you. Notice the haircut. Do you notice the haircut? Okay, here's why. Uh, I'm dating my wife. We're not married yet, but I'm dating my wife at the time, and she doesn't know this yet, but we're about to get married. 
and we're, we're about to propose um, just shortly after then. So as I'm looking at this photo, um, I have, or I had, no idea everything that I was about to experience in the next two years. Like, as I look at myself on the screen here, I have—I mean, I have some idea because I knew that some transitions were coming, but fully, I had no idea the full impact of what my life would look like the next two years. And here's uh, our last picture. So this is me now. I have my beautiful wife, Lauren. So she's also right here in the front row as well. So about two years after that, so I met Lauren um, at the first Orlando John Young campus in our young adult ministry called The Table. So for me, so I'm in the photo. So I grew up in Texas. I mentioned that. Uh, My wife, Lauren, uh, she grew up in Kissimmee. And if you know anything about Kissimmee, there's a lot of amazing, delicious Hispanic food. Uh, So she developed an appetite for Hispanic food, which is great for me because I'm half Puerto Rican and half Mexican, and I'll eat anything inside of a tortilla. So we eat a lot of rice and beans in our house now, um, as well as there is my uh, half-white, half-Latina daughter. Uh, her name is Vera, so V-E-R-A. And people ask us, hey, Vera, like, is that a family name? Or like, how did you guys come up with it? And we just say, no, we just Googled it. That's where we found Vera's name. But that's our beautiful daughter. And as I'm just looking at these photos, right, I- I'm just, it reminds me that I've been through so much transition. From, even the photos, from single to dating to engaged to married right? Just relationally, I've been through a lot of transition at work. Like, I got a promotion. Even me moving here to Orlando in the first place, and then after I'm here, about a couple years ago, I got promoted. Um, We bought a new house. We got pregnant. We had a baby. See, and with all of these things happening in my life, here's what I realized, though. I was in survival mode. As amazing as my life was, as amazing as these beautiful things going on, all these good things, I'm in survival mode. See, the happy family uh, that was in the picture there, the happy family that was on the picture there, um, we're smiling, okay? We're smiling. We are. It was a, it, it, truly, it was a good day. It was, we were in Georgia. It was a good vacation. We enjoyed it. So there, those were genuine smiles. But you know how many days after and before that we weren't smiling or it was difficult to smile? And not because anything's wrong, it's just because it's new, right? And we're in survival mode, right? So there was many difficult days around that day where smiling was difficult. But I, as I'm talking about survival mode, like I'm not the only one that's experienced survival mode. We've all experienced survival mode at one time or another, right? And whenever your life is in survival mode, and you know this, when life, life in survival mode, just everything is hard. Just everything is difficult, right? You seem to just wake up in survival mode, and you're, you just stub your toe on the bed. That's just that kind of day, right? And then you go to the kitchen, and then you get the trash can, and the bottom just breaks, right? L- just life just doesn't seem to work. It's like those black and white info commercials where just like everything is difficult, everything is hard, right? And that's life in survival mode. And these feelings, right? Even as Christians, right? We're like, man, like I want joy. I want happiness. I want the abundant life. The song that we just sang, I just want to feel that abundance, that freedom in Jesus. And we just know in survival mode, it's still true. It's just a lot harder to come by. It's a lot more difficult to recognize. Right? See, because a lot what's more prevalent of the joy and happiness that we're trying to cultivate within ourselves, even in the midst of survival mode, see, what's more prevalent is fear and anxiety of we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know how we're going to make it through. Or anger, right? Where we start blaming other people for us being in survival mode. It's other people's fault. We start blaming God. I mean, it's God's fault I'm in survival mode. Isn't he the God Almighty? Isn't he the one that's supposed to prevent any bad things happening to me? Isn't he the one that's supposed to make me feel good? I'm not feeling good. Bad things are happening. God, come on. Where are you? As well as some of us feel shame. 
we blame ourselves for every decision that we've ever made in our entire life that led up to the moment where we feel like we're in survival mode. We're like, man, I should not have ordered McDonald's three years ago. That's why I'm suffering today. See, now, if you're not currently in survival mode, see, some of us are in survival mode, and we acknowledge it, and those are the ones right now that you're just like, okay, what is he about to say? Um, some of you, you're, you're not in survival mode. But here, even if you're not in survival mode, here's what I know to be true. You've been in survival mode before. Here's what I know to be true as well. You will be in survival mode again at some point. So regardless of, of if we're not in it now, or for some of us, we are in survival mode right now. And here's what I want to do. I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope, maybe for the first time in a long time, that you will make it through. But as you're navigating survival mode, as you're navigating, trying to make it through, here's what it may require of you. It may require you to change your thoughts, and it may require you to change your perception, and it may require you to change some actions. And that's what we're going to talk about um, today. So to help us look at how do we get through survival mode, right, I want us to look at Psalm 13. So if you have Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 13. It's on the screen here as well. And here's why I want to look at Psalm 13. Because David, the author of the psalm that we're about to read, he's in survival mode. Here's David. So David, you know the story, right? He's like slung, got the slingshot, slayed Goliath, right? <sighs> Everyone roars. David's the hero. He, he's the battle warrior. He's the king. And then he was the future anointed king of Israel. So now in the time when he was this battle hero to the time when he becomes King David that we know about, right? Um, here's this middle period where he's chosen to be king, but he's not king yet. Because there's this other guy named Saul. And Saul, if you know the story, Saul does not want to give up his throne. Saul does not want to give up his throne so much that he actually goes to actively try to kill David. So David, here David is, knowing that he's going to be king, he's trying not to be murdered. Like, I cannot become king if I die. So let me try not to be murdered so that maybe one day I can be king. So he's out in the desert. He's out in the wilderness. He's out in a cave. He's out by himself, no friends, no family. And here he is in survival mode, pouring his heart out to God and telling God exactly how he feels. And this is where we find ourselves in Psalm 13, where he says, Oh Lord, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? I misspoke. Let me say this again. Verse 1, let me actually read it. How long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? There we go. That's the, those are the actual words. How long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? See, the way that David describes survival mode for him, he describes it as sorrow in my heart. It's a sorrow. It's anguish. It's hopelessness. It's despair. It's grief. It's loss. Sorrow in the heart, right? This is exactly how he's describing it, right? And the reason we're, as we're in the Psalms, um, and as we're thinking through survival mode, as we're thinking David, just being fully honest with God, exactly where he is, not holding anything back. Um, so there's a tool that I've used a ton for me personally in the last five years that's helped me tremendously as I've navigated the last five years of my life once I discovered this tool, as well as has helped me so much the last couple years more recently when I find myself in survival mode. And the tool is called the Psalms tool. Um, it was developed by a guy named Walter Brueggemann, who was an Old Testament scholar. And what he says is you can basically take all of the Psalms in the Bible, there's 150 Psalms, and you can take all of the Psalms and you can categorize them into three major categories. Now, 
Walter Brueggemann himself said that's not a perfect system. So if you're there and you're like you're reading and you're like I'm Psalm 68, there's nowhere to put this one. Look, it's not it's not a perfect system, um, but it's incredibly helpful um, as we're navigating um, a couple things. As we're navigating one where we are, and two how do we relate to God from where we are. So it, the Psalms tool just helps us understand, one, where we are, and two, how do we relate to God from where we are? And here's where David finds himself. So we're in Psalm 13, and as David is writing, this is where he finds himself, in survival mode, or for the rest of our time, we can just call it surviving. This is the first category. So as you read through the Psalms, a lot of Psalms go into this category of surviving, right? And in surviving, as you read the Psalms, it hurts, feel cut off from God. God, where are you? Feel suffering. There's death. There's trials. There's anger. There's deep sadness. There's grief. And there's loss, right? And David is so honest with God when he's experiencing surviving, right? He says this. He says, God, you forgot me. We read it earlier in the text. Hey, God, you forgot me. God, where are you? Hello? God, I'm right here. God, did you forget about me? Uh, God, I'm in anguish. I'm in so much pain. God, you're hiding from me. God, my enemies are winning. In Psalm 6, uh, he also writes, it's not on your screen, but in Psalm 6, he writes this, uh, where he says, I am, he's describing with, I love this, this language. It's so beautiful, right? But also just so painful and so real, where he says this in Psalm 6. He says, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. Hmm. I drench my couch with weeping. That's not even the message version. You know, the message gets like real paraphrased. Like, did the Bible actually say that? Right? This is like actual, like word for word Hebrew, um, where he's describing that he often feels hopeless. And as he's feeling hopeless, he's mourning. His, his, uh, he's flooding his bed with tears, drenching the couch with weeping. See, and the reason for so many of us we can find this relatable is because we also, like David, find ourselves hopeless. And we don't want to feel hopeless, but we need to acknowledge that we do sometimes, right? And here's what David models for us so well, is that nothing is out of bounds when we're being honest with God. When you or God are talking, God can handle it. When you and God are talking, you don't need to mince words. You don't, you don't need to pretend everything's okay, right? You don't need to, like, pretend that, like, oh, God, but you're, you can just be fully honest with God with exactly how you're feeling right now. You read through the Psalms, and, and the Psalms are surviving. David does not hold back. He is fully honest exactly how he's feeling, as we read earlier in the Psalm 13, right? And we, this is so relevant to us, and we feel this because we've been in survival mode. We've been surviving before. Maybe we're surviving right now, and here's what we're saying, right? David's asking how long, and we say this, God, how long will I keep feeling financial stress? How long will I not keep getting answers to my health problems? How long will my kids keep running from you? How long will my marriage be rough? How long will I keep losing loved ones? When we're in survival mode, um, we're just feeling, God, it's how long. We just feel like it lasts forever. And whenever we're in it, we feel like there is no end. And then we th we're there, and we feel stuck, and we feel despair and we feel hopeless, and we're just wondering if and when God will rescue us from it, but it doesn't seem like God is hearing us, and it doesn't seem like he's answering our prayers, and it doesn't seem like God is doing anything about it, and it doesn't seem like God cares. We'll come back to that in a second. Surviving. But we also know, it's also true, as we read other Psalms, 
that the reason that we get upset with so we, the reason we get so upset with surviving is because we also know that life is not just surviving. We also know there's this whole other part of life that we've experienced before that David and the other psalmists write. Um, it's called thriving. See, in thriving, everything's good, right? Surviving, it seems like nothing works. In thriving, everything's amazing, right? Um, so I want you to imagine, you wake up, um, and let's say you have kids. You wake up, your kids already got themselves ready for school, but on their own. And they made you breakfast. And they brought it to you in your bed. Oh, and by the way, they're also said, hey, and as you leave the house, it is spotless because they even got the baseboards. <laughs> Life's amazing, right? And then you're, you walk outside, your neighbor, your neighbor's just washing your car. Why? You don't know, but they're like, hey, you just, thank you for just being such a great neighbor. I just want to just, um, I just want to serve you and I just want to wash your car, right? And then you get to work and your, your boss calls you into the office and you're like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Um, and he, can you sit down? I'm like, okay, yes. And he says, you've been doing so well at work. We want to reward you with a bonus and an award. And you're like, great. Like life, and then that just seems to be what happens when life is thriving. Life's just amazing, right? Just nothing seems to go wrong. Um, I know that's hyperbole, but you get it. Like life is steady. We're grateful and we're just lavishing in God's good blessings, right? And Psalm 8, um, David writes this when he's thriving. He says, oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And that's how we feel. Like God's so good. God's amazing. I love God. My life's amazing, right? And even whenever we're single or single again, right? Here's what thriving can look like. Um, your bank account's looking good. And, the, and you feel so much community with, you feel so much connect, connection, you feel so much belonging, right? Just single or married, wherever you may find yourself relationally, like thriving, just life is good, life is steady. We love thriving. And here's a third category. It's not thriving, and it's not surviving. It's this. It's reviving. So it's not quite thriving in the sense that um, it's not like life is super steady. However, it's not surviving in the sense that imagine if surviving there is just gray clouds just everywhere. Reviving is like there's break in the clouds and there's a sun, a beam of light that comes in. And you're gonna and you're surviving is whenever you say, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna make it through this. I, I can see steps in front of me. It's clear my pathway out of survival mode. Right? It's clear my pathway to thriving. I'm not thriving yet, but I can see, I can see hope coming in over the horizon, and I'm not giving up, and I know that it's just going to take a few, it's going to take me being responsible, it's going to take, um, uh, it's going to take me, it's going to take time, it's going to take clear steps that I need to take, but I know what reviving feels like. Um, it also, the way that David writes this, um, he, he describes it as like God that has rescued him from the valley of despair. He writes this in Psalm 103, where he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He writes this, reviving. So I want us to notice, this is the normal Christian movement. You're like, hey, what is a, hey, where should a Christian be? Should a Christian be thriving? Should a Christian be surviving? Or should a Christian be reviving? And it's a trick question because the answer is yes. Because the normal Christian movement is we're thriving. Things are amazing. Things are steady. Things are good. And then here's what happens. Something happens. Something good happens or something bad happens. And now we find ourselves surviving. And in survival mode, it may last a long time. It may last a short period, but we're, we're just there in survival mode and we feel it. 
And then what happens is we, we kind of get through, we work through what we need to work through, and then we say, it's going to be okay. I'm going to make it through this. God's going to carry me through this. We're reviving. And through that steadiness of reviving, now eventually we may find ourselves back and thriving once again. This is the normal Christian movement. But I want us to notice a couple things. Number one, Christian living is not trying to pretend that we're thriving all the time. Christian living is not trying to pretend that we're thriving all the time, right? So for me, so I grew up, um, when I, I grew up going to church and the, the faith tradition that I grew up in, um, it was all thriving all the time, or at least that's just what you said. When you showed up at church, come on, y'all know the, the fake, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, brother, right? I'm good. Things are great. How are you? How's, how's everything going? Oh, it's great, you know, you know. And then it's almost like if things aren't good, you don't want to give the perception that things aren't good. So like everything has a silver lining, right? Oh, you know, I got fired, but it's cool. It's cool. You know, I, um, you know, it's cool. I'm already like, I didn't even want that job anyway. So God's good. He's going to give me another. It's cool. Like, I'm great. Like, really? You're great. You just got fired. Like, yeah, I'm good. Like, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, but I'm good though. I'm like, okay. There's no space. There's no category for suffering. There's no category for trials. There's no category for grief, right? We experience loss. We experience grief, and we're sad. And some somebody tries to come in and start telling you about the goodness of God and how you should be smiling. And you're like, I can still say God is good without smiling. I can recognize the truth and know it's true, and still I can be incredibly sad today because I'm grieving, and my heart is heavy, and I'm in survival mode. Right? And that's where we find ourselves. And so the problem is whenever we as church people, we come here, we come in this room, and then we start just lying to each other because we're lying to ourselves that we're surviving. Why? Because we've been taught that, there's, that Christians, we have to be thriving all the time. Because God's good, right? And there's no space to not be thriving. Um, there's no space for trials. There's no space for sufferings. At the same time, whenever something bad happens, it's because you didn't have enough faith. Or whenever something bad is happening, you just need to have more faith. Hey, just have more faith and things will be better. And even worse, it's your fault something bad happened. You caused this, right? Because there's sin in your life. Hey, you're, there's sin in your life and that's why you're surviving. It's your fault. And I think that definitely can happen and does happen. But at the same time, I think it's part of the normal, natural movement that God moves us through of, um, of thriving uh, to surviving. Um, um, because why? Because surviving is where we learn all the good lessons. We don't learn lessons when life's good. We just keep it going, keep the thing steady. But here's what, here's what surviving does. Um, it, it, it's It's painful. And there's so much um, uh, um, obstacles to navigate. And that's exactly the season where God molds us and changes us and shapes our character to become more like his son Jesus. We, it, seasons of surviving are so hard and we cry. And I love there's another psalm that says that whenever we cry, God collects our tears in a bottle. That's what happens whenever we're surviving. God doesn't forget us. God doesn't neglect us. God doesn't forget about us. God sees us and he sits there with us. And it's when we're surviving, that's whenever we open up our hand and we're crying and our tears are drenching the pillows of the bed and the couch and God is sitting there right with us, holding us and comforting us. And that's whenever God has our attention the most. There's still lessons to be learned in thriving, yes. There's still lessons to be learned in reviving, yes. But when we're surviving, that's typically when we bottom out. And that's typically whenever God has our attention the most, to be able to hear him, to what he wants to teach us. Think of the most pivotal moments that you've ever thought of in your life. And I bet you the life lessons that you've held on to for your entire life 
are lessons that you've learned when a season of surviving. Surviving is where we learn the good lessons, right? It's this pit, and we are shaped in the pit. We need surviving in our growth. That's where growth happens as well. So that's number one. Number two, Christian living is accepting that transition forces a season of surviving. So one is just recognizing, hey, surviving has its purpose. It's painful and it's difficult. But here's the other thing I want us to know, is that transition is what causes us to go to a season of surviving in the first place. The movement from thriving, so thriving, everything is stable, everything is steady, everything is going as it should, and we can just thank God and thank His goodness for His stability and for structuring our life with order where there's no chaos. And then here's what happens. A transition happens. A transition happens with our family. A transition happens at home. A transition happens at work. A transition happens with school. A transition happens with our kids. A a transition happens just with our calendar and our free time. Some transition happens. And um, whenever that transition happens, it causes us to go into a season of surviving. Now, depending on what it is, it's not like you're decades of your life in survival mode. But it could be a few hours. A transition happens. You have to, you're, you're disoriented. Oh, Walter Brueggemann, actually, that's the actual word that he uses, is a season of disorientation. You're just disoriented, right? So if something happens. You're, you're trying to process it. You're like, man, I just don't. Okay, okay, let me just get my bearings for a little bit. Okay, I think I'm good to go. Okay, I'm good. Let's move forward here. So it may just be a little while. Or we may find ourselves for a long, long season and surviving, depending on what it is, depending on the grief that we're experiencing depending on the loss that we're experiencing, we may find ourselves um, in surviving, right? So it can be short or it can be long, as well as surviving. Um, this, mo- this transition from thriving to surviving, it can be planned. Man, I remember when I was uh, 18 years old and my mom and my parents, but my mom specifically, my parents, um, were, were dropping me off um, at college. They knew for 18 years this day was coming, <laughs> They talked about college. We'd plan about it. We talked about it. And yet, even though we had been planning it for 18 years, that did not remove the surviving that my mom was feeling as she's smiling and she's waving. And yet I can see through her smiles and through her waves, an amazing mother. And I can see her through her smiles and through her waving, the sadness that she's feeling because her baby boy, to this day, she still calls me her baby boy. Her baby boy is off at college for four years. Planned for 18 years. And yet this is still choosing the plan of transitioning into surviving, right? So whenever you choose to leave a job, choose to leave a relationship, right? These are things that are planned. However, for a lot of us, as we're experiencing surviving, it's not always things that are planned. It's things that are unplanned. Things that are unexpected. Things that we had no idea was going to happen. And we are absolutely blindsided by it. And it catches us so off guard. And out of nowhere, we just feel like we're hit by a truck. And now we're surviving. We're in survival mode. We are um, disoriented. And, and we're left really confused. And here's why we left, every confu- here's why we left confused. Um, and here's why we're confused. Because we did everything right. We did nothing wrong. And yet we're surviving. Like, God, I, I did everything right. Like, I did everything, I did everything that I was supposed to do. God, I did everything you asked me to do, and now some bozo is now just wrecking my life. 
Like somebody came to, to harm me, right? Somebody is here. Somebody did something that impacts us, right? There's something happened that impacts us. Somebody made a decision that impacts us. And now out of nowhere, we're in surviving. We woke up in the morning thriving. By the afternoon, we're surviving, right? And here comes that transition of surviving. And what do we do? We start spiraling. And that's where we're asking, hey, what did I do wrong? We start saying, man, this is my fault. And we start questioning every decision that we've ever made in our life. And we're left really confused. And we think, man, I know that God is good. And I, man, I have to believe that God is good. I just don't know if God is that good to me. Because if God were good to me, then I would not be in surviving right now. He would have protected me. He would have prevented um, whatever happened. God, why didn't you pre- prevent what was going to happen? And we're just really, left really confused. So my story, as I mentioned earlier, man, in the last two years of my life, I've experienced so much transition in the last two years, and most of it incredibly good, right? I got married. um, I got promoted at work. um, I got a house. I got a baby, right? So much good transition. And yet, here's what we know to be true about transition, is it puts us in surviving. Why? Because that's what transition does, because we've never done it before. We're learning something for the first time. We're in a new season. It's a new experience. We've never done it before. We're rookies. We're navigating things for the first time. So my wife and I, um, here's some of the, the lear- even though it was amazing transition, here's some of the learnings um, that we're learning as two people being married. Um, you marry your opposite. Do you guys know this? <laughs> but your preferences are not your spouse's preferences. Your spouse's preferences are not your preferences. You have two different families of origin. You grew up differently, right? You're carrying two different things now into this marriage. And now what happens whenever you have just two people that are just very different, y'all, she doesn't like pineapples on her pizza. I love pineapples on my pizza. So here's how we're married. We get half pineapples, half just cheese. This is, a, this is our pizza experience as a marital couple, right? And you take that, and now you take now the, this, us navigating communication and us talking about, like, the things that are bothering us and learning how to talk about that. And it's, we're, we have an amazing marriage, and yet we're learning. Why? Because we're married to each other. This is new for us, right? We're learning, right? And that, not only that, um, the, the new job that I'm learning, man, I, I'm, I, I was on the same team, and then I got promoted, and I thought that the new job was going to be basically the same thing. It was not the same thing. Why? Because I'm now put in this leadership position carrying responsibility that I have not carried before. And now all of these things, all of this brokenness within me is now getting revealed in a fresh way. Why? Because I'm in a new season. I'm doing a new thing. So this brokenness that's within me now is coming at different ways. Like, God, man, I thought I got over my imposter syndrome. I guess not. I guess God's still got to work on me. Man, I thought I got over my approval idol. No, okay, because that's what surviving does. As we get put in these new seasons, these fresh seasons, we go from thriving where things are stable now into um, surviving, right? We're trying to get our house set up with a money pit. Um, We are um, with the new washer and dryer. We're replacing electrical wires. We have new decor, uh, new furniture. We're learning how to be parents. Um, Man, we're we're just trying to, everything's good. So now imagine things that aren't good. Those are things that good surviving. Now imagine not good surviving. Family loss that we've experienced, unexpected. Hearts are heavy. And that's where some of us find ourselves today, is surviving, good or bad. Surviving is painful, and it's part of the journey. Even if amazing things are happening that causing surviving, or if um, unexpected, incredibly painful things are causing surviving. It's part of the journey. So David continues talking back to God, verse 3, where he says this. He says, Consider and answer me, O, o Lord my God. Light on my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. 
lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. He's saying, God, hello. And he's saying, hey, God, can you just give me hope? I don't feel hope right now. Can you light in my eyes? Can you help me see hope to navigate me through surviving? And he also uses this language of being shaken. And here's how he talks about his own shakenness in verse 5. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. He says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. See, what he's wanting, he's wanting steadiness. See, as we're going through, especially in surviving, it's unsteady. And what our hearts crave is steadiness, or to be able to move forward on certainty. And here's the big idea, is cling to Jesus no matter where you are. Cling to Jesus no matter where you are, right? Don't cling to the steadiness of your circumstances because those are ever-changing. Your relationships are ever-changing. Family can be ever-changing at times. Uh, uh, work can be ever-changing. Just at, things in our life can be ever-changing. Cling to Jesus because he is not changing. Because the things, those things are shaky, but we cling to the steadiness of Jesus. And as we're, as we're thinking through this, uh, no one in here is a thriving person. Meaning, like, oh, I'm a person that thrives. Like, yeah, sometimes. Or, the same way, no one here is like, oh, I'm a person that's only surviving. And we're like, yeah, hopefully sometimes, you got to make it through though. See, for some of us, we're just in survival mode, and that's part of our identity is, oh, I'm just a surviving person. Part of the normal Christian experience is to allow Jesus to come in to rescue you from surviving into reviving, and then from reviving into thriving. And for those of us that are thriving, we have a lot of availability to help those of our friends that are surviving. Because we also know that whenever we need help, they're going to help us whenever we, were, we enter transition and enter into um, surviving. And this is the gospel, is that Jesus, he was thriving with the Father. He was then sent to earth, chosenly, willingly transitioned, planned into earth, where he embodied fully human form. Um, and he um, lived a perfect, sinless life, and his reward is that we killed him. And he took on our sin and death, and he atoned for our sins. But he didn't, didn't stay dead, surviving. Here's what he did. He revived. He resurrected, gave new life, right? And now Jesus is, face to, is with the Father in heaven, and I just can't wait for the day when we get to see Jesus face to face, and I'm so ready for that day. But Jesus didn't come just so we can go to heaven and be with him in our next, later. Jesus wants to heal us now. See, the work, our work stuff going on right now, and we're trying to figure out career stuff and financial stuff, and we feel like we're surviving, Jesus wants to come and heal us and rescue us and redeem us now. Our family stuff, Jesus wants to heal us and rescue us and redeem us now. Um, the different, with our calendar, with other aspects of our life, Jesus wants to come and rescue us and redeem us now with the most specificities of our life. Um, and here's how we want us to respond. As I want us to trust and sing. That's what David says in the text. Trust and sing. We're going to trust that, hey, I know that the world around me is chaotic, but I'm going to be consistent in trusting Jesus, and I'm going to sing praises to him. So regardless of whatever's going on, if we find ourselves thriving, if we find ourselves surviving, or find ourselves reviving, the reality is all three are present in this room right now. And if you feel like you're thriving, the person in your row in front of you or next to you or behind you, they may not be. And what a beautiful 
picture of the gospel of God's family that we can help each other with whatever we have going on. So whenever we're thriving, we have more available to be able to help other people. And we're surviving, we can rely on Jesus and cling to his steadiness. But also when we're surviving, we can rely on our church family as well to help point us to Jesus as well, help us navigate the realities, to pull us and believe that we will move in, with our responsibility from surviving and surviving into thriving, and this cycle continues until the day that we die. <laughs> this is the Christian experience. How beautiful is it? Man, so I want us to close. We're going to stand and we're going to sing, man, but I just want us to remember and feel so much hope that we can cling to Jesus no matter where we are, and we can have hope even whenever it's incredibly difficult to do so, not because of who we are, not because of what we did or because of what we didn't do, but because of who Jesus is. And pray for us. Father, love you. God, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your son Jesus and for your spirit. God, I'm so thankful, God, just for the few moments that I had here with my extended family here at Horizon West Church. What a cool morning we had, God, just getting to focus on you. God, and I pray just as we're singing, I pray as we go to lunch, I pray as we go home, I pray tomorrow, God, that we just notice where we may be right now. And also knowing, God, we can cling to you no matter what. God, and we can encourage other people to cling to you no matter what. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.